Welcome to Everybody Has Shit. I'm Kim Reed. This podcast is an open invitation to put your wellness on another level. You no longer have to keep your autoimmune disease or whatever it is that's holding you back a secret. Secrets hurt us. Everybody has shit, so let's all get better together. Let's all try to overcome the challenges we are facing and live our best life. Alchemy, alchemy, alchemy. I'd heard of this place for many years from my friends. They'd go downtown secretly and get treatments and injectables and pretty much anything Alchemy offered because they were that good. Well, Alchemy opened a new location in North County at One Paseo, and I had to take a look and learn all about what they offered. There was one treatment, though, that I'd heard about on a Kardashian episode that got my attention. So as you know, I've been really open about my hair loss during a flare. I've received many messages about how I handled that and what treatments I used. Well, Alchemy has two very cutting-edge treatments for hair loss, so naturally I wanted to delve into this good news. This is a very cool episode because we're talking about something that has, and my journey of having autoimmune has traumatized me, which is losing my hair. It's just been horrible. So Tracy, Loren, and Roger of Alchemy here at One Paseo in San Diego and Del Mar have an amazing place to go for possibly helping with the hair loss situation. You do so much more than that there. So we want to delve into how alchemy came to be because you take east, you take west, you combine the thinking. How did this begin? Well, on my healthcare journey, I started out, I was a hospital executive. I had two small kids running ragged, always tired, going to world-renowned physicians and never feeling better. So I sought out a naturopathic doctor where I met Lauren who totally gave me gave me a different journey of health they looked at my blood work analyzed my hormones my micronutrient levels gave me a whole care plan supplements IVs and I felt enormously better so I went back to my hospital we had a 50,000 square foot wellness center and I said we have to incorporate naturopathic functional medicine into our wellness program and they laughed I was going to say, this This is a contemporary hospital. Yes. Okay. And they said, ha ha, no, mm-hmm. would not work. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my executive friends, his wife kind of elbowed me and said, you should just open your own place. And I said, maybe I will. <laughs> so. Um, okay, so how long ago was this? This was probably about. I think about 2013. Yeah. Maybe yeah. 2014, you were, that's when you were a patient at yeah. the time. Yes. Okay. And then fast forward a couple of years, um, Roger and I connected, and he, out of all the physicians I knew, was a little bit more, well, o- a lot open more. Open-minded? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more open-minded. And said, you know, I think this is a great idea. Why don't we combine um, the aesthetic part, too? Because actually, when I worked for the hospital system, I opened the first aesthetic center under the California... Department of Health under California to be a licensed department in a hospital. Really? So it's such a fun... How did you do that? I went to my C-suite and I said, you know what, people are really getting into aesthetics. Yeah. I think we can really hit a home run having this as a department and having people come somewhere they trust 
to do their aesthetics because you know it's kind of the wild west out there yeah so we did it was really successful and so I knew that I wanted to do the naturopathic side but also combine the aesthetic side because I really saw when you feel good and you look good it's just such a great combo it is it's important though because so in my health journey well I didn't know what was happening to me my body was uh, lit up in pain like I was a, a match strike a match all my nerve endings were on fire and then my hair fell out and I thought it was maybe menopause and it, this just kept repeating itself. No, I, I had no idea what was happening. Um, but the result was, with the loss of the hair, that is traumatic. So not only do you feel like shit, mm-hmm. you know, and I it's mean, frustrating. it's frustrating because you look in the mirror and you're like, at least let me look halfway decent. But you don't. And, and, but with mine, it's funny because when I first met you, it was a couple weeks ago, um, I was feeling pretty good. But the last couple of weeks has been been rough. That's why I haven't done anything to my hair because my nerve endings in my head are like oh, raging right now. So like you can't, I can't even brush it or do it. it. So with the loss of my hair and not knowing if it was going to come back, that concept in and of itself was frightening. Yeah. And I remember seeing a Kardashian episode where Courtney had a... See, who says that show doesn't help people? <laughs> no, it did. The, I got sucked in. I'm going to yeah, You got something out of it, I, though. My daughter sucked me into it, and I get there. But Courtney had, like, a bald spot that was, like, that big in the back of her head. And you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And the she went to a dermatologist, and he's like, we can fix this, no problem. I'm like, what the hell? It's a bald spot. And he put PRP? Yep. Can you explain that? Yeah, I'm going to hand that over to Roger, too. Yeah. Or, or you want Lauren? No, I can explain okay. PRP. Um, PRP is platelet-rich plasma. What you're doing is taking somebody's blood, uh, and it's centrifuge spun, uh, so that the section which contains the platelets and some of the serum or the plasma um, remains and you pour that off and you can actually either microneedle that into someone's scalp or inject it into their scalp. You're taking their own blood products, um, specifically the growth factors that are found in the clotting cells called platelets, and then injecting it back into someone's scalp. And interestingly enough, Dr. Schechter and I used PRP 25 years ago in wound healing. Wow. So you, that's interesting that you say that because the way that this treatment came across to me is Kobe Bryant uh, used it in Germany because he wasn't allowed to do it in the USA at the time for basketball. I guess the NBA has different treatment rules, what is and isn't allowed, what's a steroid, what's not a steroid. And so for him to get this treatment, he had to go to Germany because what he needed, the way he needed it, it couldn't be performed here. And so when you say that this has been around for this long, like that's interesting to me. Very tricky though. We had to, we had to use, they had to be licensed for a blood bank in every single state for us to access it and use it. And it was this whole big ah. system. So it was probably easier for him to go to Germany and do it than it was in the United States. Gotcha. And it probably wasn't readily available. Yeah. That was the real issue. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're using his own blood product. It's, yeah. it's not as if you're using someone else's. Right. Um, and this was also a little bit more dramatic for him. He was having joints injected. Yes. And 
that is quite a bit more invasive than um, sticking it into the um, surface of someone's scalp. Gotcha. And so, again, people who would even be willing to inject it were few and far between at that point in time. Right. And also, um, you know, sticking it into a joint is a big deal. And I think that the technology wasn't readily available in the United States at that point. So I guess for this question is for everyone. When you are in a field that isn't openly accepted yet, how do you go about convincing people? How do you go about reaching people <laughs> and getting them to be open-minded about you going into their bodies? Because it's, it's the most important thing you have. You only get one of them. You can get different parts, but you really only get one of them. Yeah. Um, well, you know, not all procedures are invasive, right? Right. You're utilizing your... Essentially, with PRP, you're utilizing your own body's product, and it's stimulating growth. So you can do it in joints, you can do it in hair, you can do it in skin, you can inject it like anywhere to stimulate reproduction. The thing about the hair, you need a follicle. So if you don't have follicles, some people with hair loss, their their follicles have died. So it makes it thicker. So PRP, anything it touches, it you know sort of expands, it enriches, you know, it like enlivens it right? right so wait if the hair follicle so like on my hair for mm-hmm. example like it hasn't really come back like up here like along my hairline mm-hmm. does that mean that the follicle is gone i don't know you'd have to have someone look no. at that i don't think so yeah no not necessarily yeah um can i ask what autoimmune condition that you have? it's called small fiber sensory neuropathy oh okay so Either way, I mean, there's lots of different autoimmune conditions, and what's going on is that um, you have antibodies um, that are attacking the small fibers of the nerves, but simultaneously those antibodies will also attack similar structures like the um, cells lining the follicle. And so what's going on is those follicles are suppressed, but they're not destroyed. That's okay. why your hair grew back when you're in remission. Mm-hmm. Your hair will grow back yeah. because you mm-hmm. do have functional follicles. Yeah. Okay. The ones up front might be a little bit more challenged. Okay. Um, because we have less hair density in the front anyway. Okay. Um, but uh, again, with certain treatments of with um, admittedly unregulated substances like platelet-rich plasma or um, there are also secretomes or exosomes, which are products of stem cells, you may be able to at least revitalize those follicles that are currently dormant. dormant so what was the second thing that you said, the exosomes? Okay, well, exosomes <clears throat> are actually a product of um, lots of cells. They're, uh, they're a subset of what are called extracellular vesicles. Okay little bubbles which are not microscopic but are actually submicroscopic they're they're called nanoparticles and they're they're little bubbles of uh, fatty acids that are filled with growth promoting molecules okay and you can actually grow stem cells in tissue culture give them different nutrients and then they will produce these things which are potentially regenerative and um, certainly anti-inflammatory. And so uh, you can't make any claims about them because they haven't uh, gone through rigorous clinical trials. But anecdotally, they do um, 
provide a regenerative effect and probably have a more intense effect than even platelet-rich plasma. So how do you determine what would be the best for one person over the other, the PRP? Sometimes it's a cost factor. Okay. Um, exosomes or secretomes are not cheap. Okay. Because it re requires a lot of laboratory infrastructure to produce them. Platelet-rich plasma isn't cheap, but it's easy to obtain because you just take someone's own blood, you spin it down, you use it on the spot. It's not as if you're using a big laboratory infrastructure to create it. Okay. Nevertheless, one of the issues with platelet-rich plasma is that if you take somebody, as you age, so do your platelets. So for example, I'm 66. If I were to use my platelets, they wouldn't have the same um, oomph or vitality as uh, would a younger person's platelets. And I certainly wouldn't want to use their platelet-rich plasma on me. Okay. Exosomes, on the other hand, because they're not cellular, um, and they come from, the ones that I use are, come from placenta, which is young, lively cells. Okay. Um, those have far more um, bioactive potential than an older person's uh, platelet-rich plasma. And so it's better to use exosomes, in my opinion, because, um, again, platelet-rich plasma is, is donor-dependent, and the donor is yourself. Okay. So how often, how often do you guys come across new things that you know can help you help the people that you come into contact with but you have not trouble but you have uh, regulation issues not often i mean it depends it depends what's going on i wanted to answer your last question okay. so you had said how do you you know sort of convince the convince people essentially yes. was sort of your question so first of all you know not everything we utilize is you know that extraordinary or you know progressive in in the science world okay i think a lot of times when people are chronically ill and they've been through the allopathic system of medicine they're getting sicker and sicker and sicker and things aren't working and you know there is a, a brilliant place in this world for that type of medicine but when you're sick a lot of times it's emergency medicine even if it's just you know a prescription to mask a symptom so when which people, is what it is it, well it There's is no and so even that i would it. consider as yeah. emergency medicine right because right? we're so far down the road that now we desperately need something right yeah. for some relief yeah so people come to us in a space where they they're half the time it's just out of sheer desperation like i heard someone feels better from <laughs> utilizing this type of medicine like can you help me right and so um, naturopathic medicine and you know nutrient therapy we look at the body as a whole so we're not only looking at your ailments we're looking at the root cause and we're looking at the functionality of the body right we talk a lot about gut health and how important that is to nutrient absorption and assimilation and you know correlation to our mental health to our hair to our skin you know we're looking at the body to rebuild it to put it back into balance to give it the nutrition it needs through nutrient therapy right whether that's ivs you know injectables but also supplementation diet thing like that yeah nutrition so 
by quelling the inflammation and then replenishing the body, we while we repair, right, we're giving that person a whole new substrate to live, live, live on, right? right. And so it changes your life, right? It's it's profound. You feel different. You live different. You think different. You look different. And so I think that people will come to this to this side. You know, either they've heard some great things about it, but also it makes sense, right? But it's also desperation. It is. I agree. Desperation and that's why I it up. opens up totally. your mind to different modalities. And because we are set up in this society mm-hmm. to want a quick fix. Yeah. So we want to go to the doctor with this. Let me take this pill. And give I me that pill. Her, right? And okay, that pill doesn't work. Give me another one. And then you're on all this stuff. It's screwing up other things because of the side effects. And then nothing works. And then you get into the world of wellness and you yeah. discover what it's all about. It's unbelievable what is out there. And you're right. The gut is the source of so much of this that even if you like, you don't feel like you have gut issues, that doesn't mean anything. True. Well, let's think of it in simple terms, right? When we take, when we ingest in nutrition, we have to assimilate it. And, you know, and when I say nutrition, I just mean vitamins, minerals, macros, micros, right? You could think carb, fat, protein. You can think vitamins and minerals. But our gut is what assimilates it, you know? So our, that, that means it's responsible for breaking it down and then distributing it through the body into the cells. Right. So if you're, if you're having any impaired function there, it's going to impair the rest of your function. Yeah. You know, not to mention, I tell people the simple analogy. If you put water in a car, is it going to go? That would be a no. No, you need gas, right? So same thing with the human body. If we're putting something in it that it can't assimilate, that it's not breaking it down, it it starts to break down. Now, of course, that's a really simple analogy, but... But that's basically what it is in the most simplistic terms. Yeah. That's what it is. Is it harder to get people to do preventative care? Yes. Because a lot of... Because what you guys said is very true. It's emergency. I'm going now because I feel so bad... I now have to go to this place to at least mask until I can my body can recover. At at what you guys offer, how difficult is it when you get someone in once you've gotten them balanced back to where the body needs to be to get them to now focus on preventative care so the next time they come to us it's easier for you than it was you ran in here hurting so to speak. That's not hard at all. You know, I would say you have a, a class of patients that are chronically ill that are seeking, you know, ex, you know, extreme interventions or, you know, fringe interventions, whatever you want to call it. But the majority of people come to us are seeking preventative. They're like, hey, I'm not feeling so great. I want to nip it in the bud or okay. I'm looking to maximize my aging. I'm looking to live an optimal life. Like I want to perform at an excellent level and I need to make sure my body's performing. Okay. Right. When you talk about professional athletes, you know, they treat their body, you know, that's their the money maker. Yeah. It's the business. So, you know, that's a lot. That's the majority of what we do. Okay. Right. It, especially in our practice. Okay. So, you know, the thing that's interesting is that one of the things that I try to emphasize just on social media is if you're well, take advantage of it. Stay well. Learn how to be well. And the fact that the wellness community is there, it is a wellness community. They want you well, and there are so many options to keep you that way. Because 
I, you know, you don't want to pass this crap on down. And you know, autoimmune is just epidemic. It really is. Chronic illness is epidemic. <clears throat> one, one of the questions that I have about autoimmune, and I've, I just asked this some to a colleague the other day. I said, well, what do you think, that we're seeing more of it um, because of the toxic exposures in our environment? Or are we seeing more of it because people are living longer and as a result are um, developing baggage, so to speak? And I think it's a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. For that's, sure. That's why you see it. Are you seeing any trends in your <laughs> And at Alchemy with people who are coming in, I mean, what is the, can you identify the one thing that people well, uh, like, complain like about? Well, like I said, our practice is, is more focused on optimizing your health. It wasn't that it's more focused. I think it's what we attract, right? Yeah. And so you get a lot of people who, you know, the modern woman, the modern man who's looking to feel their best, perform at their highest, look their best. And so they can utilize all of our resources to achieve that for yeah. themselves, right? I love that you do the inside, you do the inner wellness, and you do the outer wellness. I love that. I mean, I've never seen that before. We I, like I to think we're groundbreaking. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think it's, I think it's genius because, you know, if, you're, if you go in and you're feeling like crap and you get a treatment, but then you mm-hmm. come out and you've gotten some Botox, then, I mean, you know, it sounds simple, but it, it has a big impact. Well, if you look good, you feel good. Yeah. If you feel good, you look good. Yeah. I mean, there's feedback between the two. Right. And I think, oh, pardon me. I didn't no, 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 go ahead. No, you're fine. Yeah. And I think, you know, when, so I've been with Tracy, obviously, for many years. You know, when she had originally talked about the idea, it's, you know, a lot of naturopathic medicine, you know, a lot of functional medicine, or when you look at the wellness community, I think it's a little taboo sometimes, like, oh, no, I don't do Botox, you know, or, oh, no, I don't do filler. They'll, like, lie about it on social media. You, you see this stuff all the time, right? Right. Um, you know, and when we have the conversation, it's, it's more about, you know, not demonizing anything, right? right. Integrating the two yeah. and then, you know, more for the modern person, right? P- most people are not so hardcore in the naturopathic world the way that, you know, practitioners are, right? Yeah. They live, die, and breathe that life. Right. So there's like a moral stance there. And that's an ex- a moral, but an also an extreme. And it's hard and to it, live your exactly. life Exactly. And so from Tracy's perspective, she's like, I want all the things, right? Yeah. I want to feel good, look good, and, you know, let's do it. So I think that, that that really is the root of, you know, how it kind of became to be a thing. It's like, let's incorporate all the things so that you get maximum benefit. So why do people come in for a treatment for just like a fun treatment that you want to look good or spruce up? Like what's the thing that they do? Well, I think that everybody's concerns are different. You can always come in and have a consult if you want an aesthetic consult. You could be like, these are my primary focuses. Like, what do you think? What would support me? Um, if you're you know, if you want a combination of the two, you could also, you know, come and have a consult with myself and see like what would support you physically so that you can perform. Do you, we do so many things. So I think it's super, give me me an example of something that's just so cool. Yeah. That I mean, an IV, you're going to feel great. You'll feel great doing your blood work to see what. Yeah. So an IV of like vitamins. vitamins. Yeah. Yeah. 
bunch of so we have we have formulated um IV therapy, and so we can put things in a nutrition in a bag and put it into a vein that we can't put into a muscle. We put things in a muscle that we can't put into a vein. And the reason why we do nutrient therapy via IM or IV is because we're now bypassing the gut, right? So when we have an impaired gut function and we need nutrition, we're not assimilating, we can just go straight to the vein, like literally. Okay. And you know, it's also hydration, you know, you're, you're also supporting, you're putting antioxidants into the blood, you're oxygenating the blood, you're hydrating the body. Um, and you know, it, they say it's, it's utilized by the body for up to two and a half weeks. Um, that's very cool. Yeah. So I've never, I've never done the IV. You know, I love, I love PRP for the face. You can, we oh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Is that the micro needling? So you can, so micro needling is like, it's micro needling, right? Okay. You can then, instead of using a hyaluronic acid, use your PRP and micro needle, you know, as they micro needle, they're massaging that into your face. Okay. So that now as you're making the micro tears, your body has your platelet rich plasma to then regenerate collagen, rebuild the cells. Like it smooths the skin. It makes it just look a lot more youthful. Do you want to check in? You want to make an appointment? I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I look young. I look young. You're great. You too. Think of how long, how young we could make you look. You could be 12 years old. Well, listen, I don't look that young. There's not, there's some advantages to looking right in at the age I'm at. Before I had problems, I'm pretty sure afterwards I'm have problems. I'm in a, I'm in a sweet spot of, of skin color, like rejuvenation. I feel rejuvenated every time I wake up. I feel like. As healers, because you you guys all strike me as healers. Obviously, you're in the business of making people feel better. But as individuals, obviously not marriage. How did you get to where you got where you realize, I want to help people? And then watch it materialize. Like, obviously, you went to a lot of school as a doctor. You read a lot. We haven't really gotten to you that much. But Well, the, the helping thing with me, I mean, it was sort of in my personality. Okay. Um, I would people with their homework I'd help <laughs> I'd help people study and um, you know if there was somebody in distress on the street I would help them and so it came naturally okay it wasn't a lifelong desire to be a doctor either it was just something that evolved okay that's a big evolution a big commitment yeah, yeah. I think naturally we're all kind of if you're in this industry you're naturally a helper yeah you want to help people and you love seeing the results yeah yeah the results are huge so if there's one tip from the wellness community that you could give that you've seen that works what could that be one tip from the wellness community yeah from what you've seen in your practice some tip that you could give to the general public i mean a pretty lofty question but i would say let's start with the basics right like are you are you sleeping well? Are you drinking water? Are you pooping regularly? You know, most people say okay. no to all of those things. So, and I'm well, like, people don't like to tell you when they poop. That's kind of like sleep. a. You no. don't sleep. You okay. don't drink. Yeah, How many ahead. times a day do you poop? Depends on what day it is. <laughs> yeah. So I just heard something. Today. I'm good for like one. Okay, you're constipated then. What? According I, to what? I <laughs> heard. Really? That, yes, that if you only go once a day that you're considered constipated. So here, here's the... Is this like the body mass index where this chart yeah. does not necessarily fit the average person anymore? <laughs> what your poop 
look here. Here's, here's, <laughs> um, but here's here is the tip, and this is the main tip, and that is um, eat a plant based diet overall. I mean, sure, it's fine to eat other things, but if you eat a plant based diet, you're definitely going to poop more than uh, once a day as long as you stick with it. And um, I think that that's the thing that will not necessarily increase lifespan, but lifespan, but likely. But the most important thing is that that will increase somebody's health span. See, but the thing is, feel good in life. When I'm in there, I'm in there. Like I'm not like a two minute pooper. Yeah. Like, when I'm in, I mean, we talk it. We we're gonna talk about it. Talk about it. When I'm in there, I'm in there. Like yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm. It's like surgery. I'm in there like 25 minutes. Like we appreciate you sharing. Well, yeah, I mean, you know. So you're saying you're long poop. I'm a long pooper. I'm not a short pooper. Is equal to somebody's like, two or three a day. Right. My one poop is like three poops. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I but, mean, but in general, though, the one tip is that's Roger's tip, right? <laughs> so, and I, and that's valuable. I, and I, I think that it's important that you're eating whole foods, right? Right. So it's whole, real food. If your food, yeah, organic. If your food has a label, if you, if it has a definition, if you have to Google it, you know, we want it to be. Uh, a plant, a fruit, a grain, uh, an animal, like just something very, very back to basics in nature that hasn't been polluted with chemicals, hormones, you know, injected with stuff. So so can you break that part down, though, when you say it has a label? Can you explain what that means to people? So when you buy an apple at the store, right, it has a sticker. It might say it's a Fuji organic apple. But when you buy a, a box of cereal or even rice there's a label on it right it's Mm -hmm. a packaged food so even rice is going to be you're going to want to have less grains than you are fruits and veggies and you know meat right Right. so that's what i mean by a label is it processed is it does it require much or could you pick it off of the earth or you know and and eat it essentially right and then there's a um what do they say hunt it pick it grow it that i recommend I think it's on Netflix or Amazon. It's called In Defense of Food. And uh, the main theme Oh, Michael Pollan's. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Eat mostly plants. Don't eat a lot and always eat real food. Yeah, eat real Mm. food, mostly plants, and and don't over-consume, right? Um, I was listening to a podcast uh, a couple days ago and this winemaker who brings natural wines over from France. Mm -hmm. He eats one meal a day and it's Mm -hmm. plant-based. He's Mm -hmm. not hungry because we're designed to, you know, our funness in life is around food and around dining and the kitchen. Um, But his whole mentality is different. He looks at food completely differently. Well, because we're speaking to, you know, your audience primarily you know, is interested, if they're coming from a place of illness or autoimmune disease, I think it's really important to note that not everybody's body has the same diet. And when you're really ill, sometimes a plant-based diet's not going to work for you. One meal a day isn't going to work for you. And being open to having the foods that nourish your body so that you can live a life so you can be a productive member of society is most important than getting caught up in propaganda or, you know, some... Late, the latest tirade like yeah. you know what if your hair's falling out and you're yellow have some bone broth like it's okay you know what i mean okay. sometimes people are like oh i'm a vegetarian i can't it's like well you're you're really sick that's not working for you so i think that's important thing 
to, you know, send that message home because I, I do see that a lot. I'll have, I've seen the sickest people I've seen are vegans, but hmm. I've seen some very thriving vegans. Don't get me wrong, but some, many people cannot thrive oh. on that type of diet. So I did, I did the whole plant-based thing for a mm-hmm. month, mm-hmm. thought I was going to die. Because I, oh my God. I'm the same way. It, I tried to be vegan four times. Triggered. <laughs> Wait, what was, that, what was that show that came out on Netflix that like uh, my whole family, like, okay, tomorrow we're vegan. Um, the it, Arnold it was, Schwarzenegger thing or the. Uh, oh, I can't remember. It was huge. Not Forks over knives. No, not that one. Hungry for change. No, not she that one. knows them all. Yeah. Uh, there's the Arnold Schwarzenegger ones. That's the most recent one. This was a couple years ago, but I, but it's all about being good in the kitchen and being able to make sauces and making food taste good. I ate the same damn thing every day, day in, day out. I ate Impossible mm-hmm. Burger, which is processed. Yeah. Yeah. And nope. That's not real food. Right, not real exactly, food. which I didn't know at the time. And and then I'm like, I cannot do this. I, it's- how much of healthy eating, because it's funny when you said that, they all had the same reaction, like, nope, nope. How much food that's supposed to be good for you is underlying, not really that good for you? A lot of it. Yeah. It's um, it's marketing, right? Right. Because now, look at where the Impossible Burger is now. It's like, like McDonald's or right. whatever. Well, it's processed. Yeah. I mean, I, it may be plant-based, but it's processed. Right. I mean, the point is real food. Yeah, real right. food. It has to be fresh. It has to be real. Mm-hmm. And it's challenging in this day and age, but it's, it's something to aspire to. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, um, plant-based diet doesn't mean only plants. Um, you can have, absolutely and and actually the term that was popular about six seven years ago was flexitarian which sounds like a religious oh. group but it's not <laughs> um, and, and flexitarian means that you're you know eating a mostly plant-based diet but you're always supplementing with animal protein because human beings are designed to eat animal protein it's just that you don't want to have a you know a 16 ounce steak every day yeah i mean that's an inflammatory a thousand percent i mean i i eat you know i eat meat and i would say that the majority of my diet is plant-based it is whole foods i'm eating veggies fruits and you know many meals are vegetarian right you know so super important point um what about when we go to just the cosmetic side of things are there any products that you can recommend that we're, that are like groundbreaking or anything new on the market that you can think of that's just incredible that we all need to have? Well, we have a beautiful line. We have our Alchemy skincare line that's really beautiful. We have some really cool products in there. Um, you know, our I retinol is really nice. I it's love the science behind Sente. Yeah, why don't, why don't yeah. you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. is a local, I think we were talking about it a little bit. They're a local company out of Encinitas and they have this, their skincare molecule is smaller than normal skincare molecules, so it can absorb into your skin. Okay. And they have, it's, their ingredient's called heparin sulfate. Heparin. Heparin. Heparin sulfate. And it, what it does is it latches onto your own growth, growth factors, brings it to the surface of your skin to dermal repair your skin. And it's wow. just a very, I mean, they, they did this research on wound care. Again, I probably like it because it goes back to my wound care background. But it's a beautiful product. It's anti-aging. So it's a so it's like a night cream. And is there yeah. so tell me spell it. What what's the name again? Sente S E N T E. Okay, perfect. I think but an number one on tip for and I know you've heard this a million times for for the aesthetic side, anti-aging sunscreen. 
Yes. And really, a procedure is kind of based on your age. Okay. The, but it's nice. We're seeing a lot of younger people come in to do mm-hmm. preventative stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, but I have my favorites for kind of wherever you are range. at what age yeah. you are. Okay. Yeah, that's really important. Okay. Do you think social media has made wellness more popular and 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 widen the people who can, it can reach as before? When you, if you were to hear about wellness, it would probably be more from a taboo. From a person you like, some this guy's got dread, a white guy with dreadlocks in the park. He's the wellness guy. And you're like, what the hell is that? Well, that's exactly I mean, I don't know. You may have had dreads before, <laughs> a long time ago. I hook him on on weekends. Okay, I can respect that. <laughs> but that's exactly what happened when I was in the hospital system. I came about ten years ago when I approached this whole idea of functional medicine, bring integrating it into our wellness center. It was the you know older gentlemen doctors and executives who thought it was taboo and not science-based right just had were well you you know you worked with a lot of these people yeah well the the problem is they're closed-minded yeah um and really the model that everyone is taught including what i was taught in medical school was um reactive not proactive Mm -hmm. however when i was in medical school and i was at ucsd that was about the time that uh, Deepak Chopra had come to town, and um, there was an emphasis on what became called integrative medicine, which is mm-hmm. taking um, elements from other disciplines, in, including naturopathic, mm-hmm, nutrition, mm-hmm. preventive medicine. medicine, Eastern medicine, mm-hmm. Ayurvedic medicine, um, acupuncture. Mm-hmm. I, mean, we, I clearly recall in 1979, we had someone come and give a very interesting lecture about acupuncture, which was what convinced me that there was more out there than just regular medicine. Like that, like yeah. in That's the time cool. of Dr. Weir, am I saying that name right? Um, From W-E-I-R, he's out of, he, he's well known in terms of like his, um, he's a cancer researcher, but he also does alternative medicine. I remember him when I was a kid. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm saying it's W-E-I-R. It's where, 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 yeah. Uh, and, but where is he? Ha ha. I think he's. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> nice. Poor man. For, for ripping on his name. Yeah, but but to your point yeah. that I mean, years ago when you would hear of alternative ways, you really didn't give him much credibility. Right. Social media has, and podcasts have opened up my world, mm-hmm. literally, because the information is right there. If you get into the wellness niche. You can find out everything. I mean, you have to vet things, Absolutely. but 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 it's there for you, yes. where so it never was. Yes. For sure, as a consumer, we can be more educated now. But it's important to have a critical ear and a critical eye. Yeah, and make sure that what you're hearing. Um, yeah, that makes we're not sense. getting our information. <laughs> yes. right? Yeah, because yeah. it's well, it's solely really easy to be convinced by any talking head, and you need to make sure that. Um, what they're saying is actually valid and accurate. So it, it requires an open mind, but also critical thinking. Absolutely. And so when this journey began with John Browner and we started this podcast and the whole hair thing, see, I didn't talk about this stuff. It's really, um, em- I don't know if embarrassing, it's just private to tell people that you don't have any hair. And since I've come out, and I showed pictures of minoxidil, and I've showed everybody what I've done. I've had so many women reach out f- 
for different reasons as to why they've lost hair. And many of them don't even know why. And they don't have any options. It really makes me sad because I can feel it. So to hear mm. that there are options is such great news. No, there are options. Just the only caveat to be transparent is not all of even these um, new and unregulated high-tech options work for everyone and work super well. And so... But we have seen really great results. Absolutely. But, you know, I don't want to make promises that, you right. know, can't be kept. It's not 100%, but right. it, is, it is impressive. So nothing is 100%. Right. Right. But you approach it as it's at least giving you a chance, you know, to regrow your hair... 100%. And it's where, you know, and that's why this is so important is just to put it out there for people. Absolutely. And uh, that's why I was so excited to have you guys on. And even with exosomes, we've seen hair growth. People with gray hair grow back their color. Wow. <laughs> I didn't grow back very much. Uh, because, <laughs> Something's better than nothing. Uh, I mean, you know, again, it's... You're still in the testing phase. I'm still in the testing phase, but yeah, when my hair did grow back... Um, it grew back brown instead of salt and pepper, which was... So it's going back to its origin. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think what happens is the exosomes actually stimulate the um, melanocytes, the, the uh, mm -hmm. color cells at the base mm -hmm. of the hair, and um, they really get rejuvenated and come back to life. I mean, I just think it's incredible. It really what, is. what you guys are doing, I had, again, I'm going to explain a little, the listeners will know this already, but I'll explain it to you in a short form. I am from a very underprivileged background. I would have never heard of any of this. I started working with her when I came here and I got into this industry, uh, the radio industry. I started working with her. And when she was going through a lot of that, I had no idea, like zero, none, nada. Because, like she said, she was ashamed, not really ashamed, but it was a private issue, and she didn't know how to speak up about it. And to see now where the industry is and what I've learned from her and what I've learned from these interviews, you guys are doing a really uh, yeoman's work. I know a lot of people look at uh, surface beauty, and they think it's superficial, and those people must think they're better than someone else when at the end of the day, it's just about how do you feel. I think uh, we are, as a society, I think we've been trained to um, not defend your beauty. Let another person tell you you're beautiful. You're not allowed to say you're beautiful. And in the industry that you guys work in, I think it's great that you're, you're helping people realize it's okay to say, I want to look good. And I think that's a great thing. Thank you. I mean, absolutely. And I think, you know, Again, we always say, look good, feel good, but it's about vitality. It's about supporting yourself, like I said, so you can be a productive member mm -hmm. of society, so you can show up in the world and feel great about what you have to offer. Um, and I think that that translates in all realms of our lives, right? Our relationships, how we sleep, how we think, everything, right? And I don't think that's anything to be ashamed of, you know, to say, like, I take pride in how I look. I take pride in how I show up for myself. I take pride in how I take care of my body. Right? You're the only one who can do it. Right? You're the only one who can Truly. advocate so. for yourself and take care of yourself because doctors aren't thinking about how they're going to help Kim. <laughs> Kim has to no, worry about it. And I have to, to find the right people yeah. to help me. So how can people find you on social media? 
well, we have an Instagram at Alchemy Health, and we spell it a little bit differently. We do. We're, you know, one to be cutting age. <laughs> <laughs> So it's with an E instead of a Y, A-L-C-H-E-M-E, health. um, That's our .com. That's our website. That's our handle on Insta. Um, TikTok? Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) We have some TikTok, too. Perfect. But um, we're we're located in one Paseo um, in Del Mar, California. And I love it. You can find us on the internet, or you can come pop in and say hi. Well, thank you all. Very Thank much you for, for having being us. Here. Really, really yeah. appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. All right.